Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, there's the things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Yeah. Happy Monday, everybody Even though it might not be Monday when you're listening to this But it is the Keith Walsh Podcast and um, I was listening to a podcast, one of my podcasts in the car today, and my son was listening too. And he said, Dad, you should try and be a bit more, you know, like you sound a bit bored. <laughs> you should try and put a bit more energy into it. And I was like, yeah, but I, I, I suppose I'm just at the moment, I'm a bit like, because I, I did breakfast radio for a long time. And I, I just want to be like, just talk normally rather than, hey. Good morning, everybody. You know, freak people out. So I thought maybe I'd meet him halfway and be a little bit more upbeat and less talking to the microphone like this. Be all serious. Anyway, so it is this Monday evening. It is the 16th of the 11th. I cannot believe that it's the middle of November already. How? How is it the middle of November 2020 already? God, I remember 2020. I remember the start of 2020 and everybody was like, because 2019, so many famous people had died. It was a real shit show, you know, there was loads of stuff going on. And of course, Trump was there and all this kind of stuff. And everybody was like 2020. You know, it was a good, good, nice number, nice round number, nice even number. Everybody was like, yeah, not 2020. This is it. This is going to be a great year. Good things are going to happen. And when you think about it, certain good things did happen. But mostly it's a bit of a shit show. Um, and here we are now, the middle of November, almost through the year, and we're still like, not really. <laughs> it's not, not to be a, a pessimist. And I hope that when you're listening to this, everything's great and the world is wonderful. Email me from what year you're listening to this, okay? My email address is keithwalch.walch at gmail.com. Email me from where you are and what you're doing. Thank you very much. What year is it? What's happening? so exciting I, I can speak into the future but at the moment uh, not to be a pessimist but uh, you know nothing's really has changed at the moment there's talk of apparently there's two vaccines so I'm going to get one in each arm um, I saw some guy on Twitter saying uh, there's loads of vaccines coming through now and he said he was going to wait for the the organic uh, hipster or guy I don't know what he said but he said something very funny he was going to wait for the you know, the cool hipster shop organic uh, one to come out, you know. The one that's different to everyone else's. And uh, I'm with them. I'm down. Um, so what's going on with me at the moment? 
Well, it's Monday, so that's really it. There's not a hell of a lot going on. I will be uploading another podcast. I'm uploading this one with my guest today, which I'll tell you about in just a moment. I'll be uploading another one with my friend Mike, which is classic. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed listening to Mike and talking to him and his stories. And but this, this is this particular one for some reason is brilliant. And uh, and I'm saying that they're not my stories; they're Mike's stories, and I just loved hearing them. Uh, they're so good. Um, so anyway, you have that to look forward to as well. So as this goes up and as you listen to this, make sure you listen to this week's chat with my friend Mike as well. It's very good. I had good some good podcast news today, which I will bring you, which will hopefully help bring the podcast to a greater audience. And uh, I just want to, you know, I think at this point, maybe because from next week on or maybe the week after things are going to change and you guys are the OGs, right? So you're the original podcast listeners. Now, I know when you listen to podcasts, you're doing this X, Y and Z and you don't have time, but it would be great. And I would be very grateful. And I know I'll ask you to email and stuff, and people do, and I'm very grateful. But would you take some time, take a minute to email me, keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Email me just to let me know that you're listening now. And I will make a list of the OGs, the originals. Okay? Because this podcast bad to take off. And... Oh my God, what if it doesn't take off? Anyway, so there's going to be some changes. Uh, not to the content, just to the way it's, the people are told about it. Um, so if you could email me and just say, Hey Keith, I've been listening from the start, or I've just started listening now, or whatever. Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are, where in the world you are, where in the country you are. And I will put together a list of OGs, and then at some stage we'll do something when we can, and we get the OGs together. Um, or if I'm doing prizes or whatever, you know, we can do special things for the OGs. So you guys are the OGs, the originals. So let me know wherever you are, where you are, where you're listening, and let me know that you're an OG. Obviously, if it's if you're listening to this and it's, let's say, past December, if it's gone past 2020, you're not an OG. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel bad. The people who've just discovered are going, oh, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Some guy in, in Australia. Fuck you, mate. Yeah, sorry to everybody else. Uh, but them's the breaks. And I really appreciate anybody who's listening. At all. New, old, whatever. But, oh, jeez. Email me. Yeah, cool. Anyway, um, I don't have any news, really. I should make up some news. I'm getting a handle on my... My, my diet had gone to shit. Um, I... If you listen to the the other podcasts, I I did an experiment where I decided to drink one of the weekends. I haven't had a drink all year. So I drank the weekend before last. That was my experiment. But clearly I just wanted a drink for the weekend, which I did. Not not all weekend, but I had a few drinks each night. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, like it's... that's I'm a bit upset. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a bit obsessive. I'll go from not drinking at all to drinking three nights in a row. And it wasn't like... I wasn't on the lash. I wasn't up till four drinking vodka. But it was a few beers. You know, each night. Maybe some wine. Maybe some cava. You know? I was nice to myself. I had a good time. 
but since that weekend I've like it's like snapped me back into I've been doing you know trying to if, if not running walking but definitely doing like at least 10,000 steps a day eating not eating till 12 o'clock at 12 o'clock eating just a big bowl of just greens and shit you know and it might seem like I'm this is a big show you know show show off but believe you me up until then I had my diet had gone to shit my belly was coming back oh it was it was the, it was the covid covid pounds you know what they call them I was starting to eat chocolate and I don't even eat milk I don't take dairy and I was starting to go yeah fuck it let's take a bit of that dairy milk there so anyway for some reason the weekend on the booth snapped me back into you know the one thing I didn't do, as bad as my diet got, I didn't eat meat and I had very little dairy, not cheese or anything. But, but anyway, I'm back. So uh, I'd like to t- I'd like to tell you that I feel great, but, you know, that's subjective. I feel okay. Right, let's crack on with our guest. Uh, shout out to my friend Peter Lane, if you're listening. He just sent me two poo emojis. I wonder why, Peter. Let me just check. Let me have a look. Oh, he was talking about the Kildare match. Oh, Jesus. I do have a guest booked who is uh, the captain of a football team. Not the Kildare football team, but uh, another football team that Kildare might have played. Um, so my friend Peter is just reacting to my other friend, Joe. Joe Donnelly, uh, who I used to do uh, a couple of shows with. And he had tweeted at half time about the Kildare match. Kildare were beating Meath 10 points to 4 points at half time. It was a good first half. Played very well. Jimmy Highland scored the last point at the half. Joe Donnelly, my friend, said, Great finish to the first half from Kildare. Hopefully they'll build on it. Did they build on it in the second half? Did they? Fuck. They've completely capitulated and uh, Meath scored something like 5 goals and won. And Kildare literally stopped playing. They went into the dressing room, sat around in the dressing room, said, Lads, I think we've done enough now. We've scored 10 points. Let's stop trying. Meath came out, scored five goals, and and the, I don't even know if they scored any points, but anyway, they hammered. They kind of hammered them in the end. So that's where we're at, and that really put me in a bad mood. Anyway, I'm definitely going to get on to my guest now. My guest for this podcast is Jo Jason Byrne. Let me give you some Jason Byrne facts here. Jason Byrne, born 25th of February 1972. He's a bit older than me, not much. He's an Irish children's novelist and comedian. He's best known for writing The Accidental Adventures of Onion O'Brien, a series of books about a young boy growing up in Ireland who has the misfortune of thousands bestowed upon him. The book reflects on Byrne's own childhood. Yeah, it's Onion Onion, uh, O'Brien and basically he's the kid who has the the glasses and the patch over one. He has to wear the patch over one eye for a thing. And I think it's a lot of it's to do with Jason's childhood and things he remembers. And obviously a lot of it is exaggerated. But there's a, a good series of books if you're interested. A bit of crack if you're looking for an alternative to da- David Williams. Um, he was born, I already told you when he was born. Uh, his medium is television and stand-up. His nationality, Irish. His years active, 1995 to present. Genres, this is the genres of genre of comedian of comedy he uh, swims in he swims in the genres yeah observational comedy surreal humour and insult comedy oh my god insult comedy what's insult comedy hey you you tick 
Um, he has he was on Ireland's Got Talent that's right he was a judge in Ireland's Got Talent uh, August 20, 2008 he made his 12th Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, Byrne previously presented a mid-morning radio show on Phantom FM I was on that with him he was the producer on that show and also f- featured as the presenter and I p- pressed the buttons during that show uh, he also had the Jason Byrne show with PJ Gallagher uh, the Byrne Ultimatum on RT2 um, he has had a show on BBC Radio 2 he was awarded the Gold Sony Radio Award for Best Comedy September 2017 and lots more besides Byrne was born in Dublin suburb of Ballantyre he was married to Brenda from 2004 to 2018 and has two children there's lots more I could say about Jason Byrne um, for some reason he really kind of seems to divide people in Ireland for some reason I really like Jason I, I know him personally Uh I know him well. What do I do? I know him quite well. I know him well, uh, and he's 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 genuinely a nice guy. I've always found him to be a lovely fella. Uh, and any time he's come on, any time I've worked with him, he's been great. Any time he's come on as a guest, he's been great. I've never had reason to to ever. So I, I just don't know why some people don't like him. I suppose maybe they don't like his brand of humor, and that is fair enough because comedy is subjective. Either way, anywho, I presume if you don't like him, you'll have turned off by now. Uh, what we talk about? We talk about. Um, we talk about everything from his marriage breaking down, which subsequently meant he missed seeing his boys as much as he'd like to see them, how he dealt with that, how he went to therapy. And I suppose it's Jason talking like you're not really used to hearing Jason talk, not necessarily being the funny guy and being very honest and uh, how he got through a difficult period of his life. I really enjoyed the chat. A couple of things I want to mention. There's an app that he's working on called I Laugh that you need to watch out for. He will be talking about that. Also, um, he has a USB coming out, okay? So this is a, a kind of a novel thing. Um, obviously, there's no work, not much work going, so comedians and performers have to find new ways of, you know, keeping themselves going and paying the mortgage and the bills and all that kind of stuff. So he will be bringing out very soon a Vicar Street gig from 2016, which he stumbled across. Uh, it may be called The Lost Tapes. So just watch this space if you're a Jason Byrne fan. It's a USB stick that you can buy, you can gift to whatever, you'll buy, be able to buy it. Uh, just follow Jason Byrne uh, and he will let you know. Follow him on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. He will let you know how to get your hands on this. It's 2016 Vicar Street. Very good show. Excellent show, in fact. Uh, the USB of that. Uh, so that would make a nice uh, Christmas gift. So keep an eye out for that. And also his podcast, Mind Your Love. Uh, new episodes coming out soon. I think he's on Series 3. And uh, he actually had me on one of the episodes, which I very much enjoyed. So that's all. That's that's all. That's all. That's all. That's what you need to look out for. Thank you very much, Jason, for being my guest on what is Episode 26 of the podcast. And uh, as I said, big, big news for the podcast coming soon. Which will mean nothing in a few years because the big news will be over. But I'm saying it now anyway because I'm just excited about it. That's enough of an intro, I think. It's yeah, that was a 14-minute chat there, Keith. Eventually got around to it, did you? Good man. Fair play to you. Yeah, yeah. Eventually decided to get around to introducing your guest. Without further ado, because there's been enough ado, this is episode 26 of the Keith Walsh podcast with the brilliant Irish comedian Jason Byrne. That's his name in French. Jason Byrne. Enjoy. Yeah. It's like, um, it's, like, it's basically my studio the whole time. <laughs> it's, 
it's like you've you've draped a flag between the shower and the mirror over the sink. Yeah, and that's the your. Sink fa- are you sitting sink on? Your- yeah, are you sitting on the jacks. Yeah, I'm on the jacks, which is just to show you. Yeah, that works. So I ended up doing a thing called Jason Burns Jokes and Jacks over the first lockdown. And I just tried to make up some sort of a game show because, like, people, I don't know, did you hear that, like, comics were being asked to do, like, stand-up, you know, just with no audience, just down the camera. And um, uh, Tommy Tiernan said a brilliant thing. I heard Tommy being interviewed, and Tommy said, I'd rather stand in the corner of the road and shout at traffic. <laughs> so I was trying to come up with a concept that I could do like little game shows and so on Facebook Live where people could just text in answers and but it's not like it's like stupid games like you know like there's my uh, whose line is it anyway which is a washing line and if I can't, <laughs> I can't on it, you know what I mean and people but depending on who I'm talking to is how evil or how nice it, it gets so I did a gig for India the other day wow and that yeah they're very yeah that's a whole different ball game because they don't understand dark humor or they don't guess you know anything evil everything's good everything has to be like kind of happy happy so what are your what are your what what are your jokes when you're talking to the indian your indian people or is it just it's well yeah no it's just it's just calmer do you know what I mean? It's just not as you just try you swear less and you, you like so whose lines are anyway? A lot of the time the answers would have been like Prince Harry, which and the clues would have been a gingerbread man, uh, the queen with her face crossed out, and then a dead princess. So you can't do that to the Indians. They go like oh, what? So I have to do I, I pick one of their famous cricket bowlers or something like that, you know? They, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't actually, off the top of my head, think of any famous uh, Indian people. Um, all their Bollywood stars. Yeah. They're all called Imran Chakra or something, or they've all got mad names like that. Imran. Yeah. So, like, sorry, I was just going to say Imran Khan. So, so you like this is, I don't know, of all the people I know and. I, I don't know why I, I I think of you the most because <laughs> I know from working with you in the past that like every year you've your year set out. You're you have to go to Australia for half the year. You have to spend time in Edinburgh. You spend a little bit. I mean, Ireland is only a fraction. Well, the way it goes, it kind of goes January, a bit of February for Ireland. Then it goes March and all of April for Australia. Then I come home and do a bit more in Ireland. Then I go and I do the whole month of August in Edinburgh, little tiny break, and I do the British tour all the way up to the summer. But it's like a nine to five job. It, it was a, it's the same thing. But you, so that's all gone. Like, so, like, how the yeah. fuck are you? So, when, so the mad thing was is they only they say this thing that you 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 only ever really change at the precipice which is something that uh, I read heavily into, which is actually a line from a Hollywood movie. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say that to someone, you only ever change the precipice, they go, oh my God, did you read that in a Zen book? Did you get that from like Peru and Tibet? No, I got it off Keanu Reeves in, uh, you know, that end of the world movie, which one is the one? The other one where where the sphere 
lands in Central Park. Uh, and part of it's like end of the world, something world, we're all done in. And uh, anyway, but it is true though. So, you know, whenever you're given something or a massive change in your life, you know, you've, you, you will change, you will change as a person. So what happened with me was the tsunami that I had was my, uh, my, my marriage broke up after 20 years. Uh, and then, you know, just doing that alone and trying to gig and get on stage and do that, that was really hard. So that was, that was, that's about two and a half years ago now. Right. And that was a, that was enough to give anybody a bit of a breakdown because you have to, you know, move out of your family home. You have to find somewhere else to live. You have to now, you now can't see your children all the time, which is the big thing for, for me that I was very, I was a very present father. Do you know what I mean? Like bring to school, be there for training. Like, you know, when I wasn't gigging, I'd be like doing all that. And, and that was your thing. When I did gig as well in, uh, let's say, Britain, I'd only do three gigs a week and the rest of it would be all family stuff. They could make sure that was always happening. So that was very hard. You kind of like, you know, take your kids, take your kids away from the, ma- the male or the female. And you're like, oh, my God, my children. Oh, my God. Because that's all that you think about. But, and then then you just learn that kids are very resilient and they're able to kind of change whatever's going on. So that was going on. And then, um, yeah, trying to gig and everything was just getting uh, a little bit over the top. So I just thought my better try with a therapy. And I tried the therapy uh, like once, maybe three times. And I didn't really like the people that I had before because they were uh, like, I'd, I'd, what I had done as well is uh, before this, I had been like reading up on different types of psychotherapy and listening to Alan Watts and listening to all this stuff. So I could spot anybody who was trying to be a therapist from a book. That kind of, uh, it, it wasn't, I, I mean, it wasn't that I knew how to be a psychotherapist. I could just, maybe it's probably because I'm a performer or something and we can spot shit in people pretty quick. And especially the type of thing I do, like with, with my stuff on stage, I use people off the audience and I can kind of sense who to pick and who not to pick. So I'm good at, um, good at reading people. Oh yeah, and by the way, there's a book called The Profiler and the first page in it was, um, if you say you're good at reading people, you're probably not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a little notepad here to write down movies and books recommendations. I think. This was. A, I think I his name now. I'll, I'll run out. I'll get the book before we all finish again. But it's a. It's a book that they use on profiling people, and you can uh, the the FBI use and all sorts of heads. But your man said that when you say you can read somebody. You normally can't. It actually depends what mood you're in. And it was like, oh, my God. So if you're in a bad mood and you meet somebody new, you'll probably go, oh, I don't really like them. There's something about them. I don't like them. It's nothing to do with them. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're in a great mood and you meet an arsehole, you'll probably think, ah, they're not that bad. They're grand. And that's, that's you reading people. But anyway, the therapy... Because I said with therapy, you should keep changing and looking for different therapists until something suits you. So it was like being on a like speed dating with therapy. <laughs> it was going, what do I do? And that's the other thing, Keith. I don't know if you found that when you went into therapy. The first thing I said to you was, uh, what, what, how do you do this? Is what I said to her. And this was the Australian one, actually, first one I met with. And she was actually not, she wasn't that bad at all. 
And she said, well, you are doing it. I went, what? Well, you're talking. And I went, oh, is that all I have to do? I thought I had to like get on the couch and, you know, get into some sort of position and start breathing. And then she'd take notes and then go, <laughs> and then give me, give me loads of pills. <laughs> now you said so, you get a you get these electrodes on your head on your scalp you get your head shaved electrodes yeah. on your scalp and then you start foaming at the mouth for a while but don't mind that yeah you and get then a massive a massive red indian walks by with a sink in a home <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get out of the therapy he smashes the window and you're awkward. and then you're, and then you're better yeah, then you're better that's how it works so then, so what happened was through the therapy and the marriage breakdown, then the then the you know the COVID kicked in and then all the all the jobs went, all the gigs went. And I was just standing there going, because that's our income, obviously, you know. Course, and yeah. then people in the world think that the entertainment business is not really a serious business. You know, it's not like a, a plumber or a sparks or a doctor, but we you know the money and the taxes we bring into this country is massive, you know, and it is a real job. It's a real thing that we have to write and perform and like do everything, just like an actor or whatever. So people probably didn't really think about us too much when all that went. They probably went, sure, he does that for the crack anyway. <laughs> so we probably go back to his real job. I go, and, oh. <laughs> no, there is no other job. There is no other work. Yeah. So all that. And then my dad passed away as well. Do you know what I mean? Which, which is sad as well. But, you know, we always call my dad such a jammy bastard. Do you know what I mean? He was like always, you know, he always got away with murder, like with everything he did. You know, he's he sat out in his shed, he had his cigarettes and his whiskey. He moved very slowly all the time. He didn't understand why anybody runs or exercises or he used to say you only have so many heartbeats in your life. <laughs> oh yeah, don't don't use them up while running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you're running, you'll use them up, you know. And then me trying to explain to him that somebody really fit, their heart actually beats slower. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? Not at all, not at all. So when you're, when, so how are you supposed to, that's how the blood gets around the body. That's a pump, 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 pump. So like, he's actually saying to me, one of your weeks is probably one of my hours. <laughs> he needs to sit there. And he had a real sense of calmness about him and uh, never tried to please anybody. Never really... Like he did care about, he's not one of these who didn't give a shit about anybody. He did, he cared about me and about us, the kids and his wife and my mom and everything. But he'd never let anything get himself into a tizzy. Like when we went into 2007, 2008 recession, his reaction was, sure, that's my fourth recession. And I'm going, what? And he goes, sure, I remember when my house was 25% interest on the mortgage. And I was going, yeah, dad, you bought the bleeding thing for a grand. Yeah. <laughs> Not like us now, when our house is in five hundred thousand, right on <laughs> So his the lesson that I kind of learned a bit from him about you know be trying to be more calm and trying not to. Uh, I, I you know what I was keep as well was I was a real yes man. You know what I mean? In the career as well, I always thought that if I didn't say yes to lots of stuff, I'd be and people. For first of all, I had a terrible. Uh, makeup of being a yes man and being too nice and people go well sure it's nice to be nice yeah but being then i was just too nice too upset about upsetting anybody else and then you know that kind of you know bit me on the hand quite a lot when i did that 
so then I, because, I, you know, people always say nobody really trusts a, trusts a yes man. It's almost more powerful to say no. And I did, actually, I did this, my podcast, mind you know, I interviewed Sarah Knight. And she writes these books called Calm the Fuck Down. And uh, she said it's, it's more empowering to say no. So, like, and I, the, the, you listen to that interview as well. It's me trying to explain to her that, you know, you're talking to Irish people. Like, that is what we do. We say yes to everything. That's what we literally go. They go, so you're coming down to that Christmas? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then next minute, there's a phone call. Listen, the wife's not well. Uh, you know you know what I mean? All that bullshit that we do. Instead of just going, uh, no, not going. <laughs> just... We take it too far as well. I know people that will have a party or something. Like, they'll invite people around to their house. Like, they'll have... And... And they won't fucking enjoy it. Like, they won't want anyone to be there. They'll want everyone to leave really quickly. As soon, you know, they'll be w- looking at their wa- you know what? You know, when people arrive at your house, the first thing you say is, what time, what time are you leaving at? But, like, yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't just, like, it's not just stuff that we're asked. Like, can you go to the christening? Yes. It's like we set our, we, we do things that we don't have to do out of a sense of, of pleasing people. And we're, that's just such a fucking weird thing. To, yeah, but... Yeah, you feel- so I, so through therapy and my dad and everybody, I've been really honest with people, and it does hurt them for a few minutes, but it doesn't hurt them for long. Because if I say no, I don't want to go, and they'll they'll they will say why, and then I'll say, well, look, I just don't really want to. I'm just not in the mood. They're fine about it, but they but they won't be fine if you bring up with some stupid excuse that's just not true. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I. Yeah, so that way I'm with my career then. So what happened, what I'm trying to, there's all these different points that happened. So last year in Edinburgh, uh, I met Colin Cloud. And you can look up Colin. Colin is a forensic, I suppose, scientist, you could call him, or forensic mind reader, he calls himself now. Uh, and it's amazing. When you say forensic scientist, he's like like this big dude in a lab. So you say forensic mind reader, all of a sudden he's out of circus in tent. Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's a he's a fully qualified forensic uh, mind uh, profiler, forensic profiler, I suppose. So he worked for the cops uh, when he left school, uh, profiling criminals. That's what he did. And now Colin, and if you look him up, he's got his own show in Vegas. He's like a Darren Brown type dude. So I I met um, Colin last August, the last Edinburgh. And I sat down with him and I said, um, I, I was having my little, uh, my episode, as the Irish call it. <laughs> I, was going, I was having a major episode, major episode. Like I, I, was do, I had a major sellout show, but it didn't matter. I didn't want to do comedy anymore. I said to him, I want to go and study psychotherapy or philosophy or something in, in, in college. I, um, and my marriage had broken down. I didn't know what I was going to do, where I was going to live. And he's just looking at me in a cafe, real calm, right? And Colin goes, okay, okay. He goes, first of all, you're not giving up comedy because, you know, that's what you do. He says, and if you go to college, back to study like psychotherapy or philosophy especially, you're not going to get much from it because you kind of already do that anyway in your job. He says, you, you meet all walks of life. You stand in front of people and, you, you know, they listen to you. You know, that's the same as, you know, giving a lecture on well-being and our mental health. He says, I know loads of people that do, you know, well-being mental health talks and they 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 have the knowledge and they don't have the performance and like 80% is the performance. So he said, why don't you, you know, you could mix in maybe 
the 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 mindfulness and mental health into your stand-up mix it in that way that might make you feel happier I was going okay and then he said but i'll tell you what i'll do i'll give you these 11 books that he says over my 20 something years of experience of study these 11 books are the books that um, i think will help every single area that you need to get into and he says it'll probably take you about a year and a half to read them and i'm still reading them <laughs> so so like the um so i read like a, f- a few of them one of them was um I just give uh, Ken Robinson. Sir Ken Robinson came out with the element, and the element is uh, he only died this year, actually only a couple of months ago. And the element is about uh, is about how we teach our children in school and and how we take away their magic, you know. And the way he said that was, for example, he said when my kid was five, I went to see an activity play, and the kids, you know, they can't remember their lines, you know. And one the kid comes out with the baby Jesus thing goes. Um, I bring myrrh and Dura goes I bring gold and then his kid came out and went uh, Frank sent this <laughs> <laughs> so he said that magic can be taken out of us but then the other tip well, the main thing I got from that book is I learned about your tribe so he was saying make sure you get a good tribe of people around you so um get all the nay well not naysayers i mean it's mad that stuff you've like learned doing that mind your love podcast you know you shouldn't really say naysayers it's just people that just don't agree with, with what you what you're saying yeah you know? it's that different it's that, of opinion yeah. yeah exactly but as you say in the street i'm only bollocks right <laughs> um, so, so i started to uh, so i read, read through that and so i said right i'll get my tribe together like with family and work and all good people and I started gathering up all these different people in my head that I think would be good for me for work and that would be not negative and constantly going no 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 so I got this kind of tribe without them knowing by the way like you don't like ring them all up and go you're part of my tribe now I didn't get the email no you didn't get the email Keith but you definitely would have been high up there <laughs> so I got that all together and then and then um you know went on reading other books. I was still doing Mind Your Loaf. Uh and then the other book was Look Factor, which you can which is a great book called The Look Factor. And um Wiseman, what's Wiseman's first name? Oh god. Anyway, he doesn't believe anybody is lucky or unlucky. That's just bollocks, right? Um. And people go, oh, I'm real lucky. No wonder you make your own luck or your own unluckiness, right? And um, he studied all these different people. He studied one woman for a year. This is brilliant. And he said, she goes, I'm so lucky. Like, I've won my house. I've won my car. I win money and I won my holidays. So he studied her for a year and then realized that she'd entered up to 80 competitions a week. That's all she did. So she couldn't fucking lose. Like, so she, and she's a great little story of her doing a, going for a job interview. And she's not even listening to the guy. She's looking at the coffee jar because there's a competition on the back of the coffee jar. And she, at the end, she goes, can I have that coffee jar? And she wins a holiday. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's all about... Richard, Wise, about yeah, Richard Wiseman. Richard Wiseman, yeah. So it's all about being positive with the look thing and putting yourself out there. So I went into look school. At the end of that book, it, this is look school. And all the time, everybody that listens to this, this is all part of me trying to rebuild myself 
from the marriage breakdown. That was my precipice. That was the thing that completely nearly destroyed me, you know. And so this is me building myself in all these different ways and sticking out the tentacles and see which way I can do it. So I went into look school, which is the back of the book, and he tells you what to do um, each day or whatever, like do different things. It's not mad. It's very normal. And so I did a gig. Uh, and uh, in the look school, he said that night, say hello to somebody who you wouldn't normally say hello to. And I did a gig in Newcastle. It was a corporate. And I normally just go to bed after corporates because I don't want to talk to them because they're all hammered. Do you know what I mean? So there was a guy called Bradley Groves, who was the head of this company that I was gigging for. And he was lovely. So I said, right, I'll go and say hello to Bradley. Went up and said hello to Bradley. He was a lovely fella. Lovely Bradley. Bradley Groves. Right. And he goes, oh, you're a great man, Jason. You're doing a great job. And everybody were all coming over saying, well done to Bradley. And Bradley didn't even book me. He was just pretending he did. Oh, yeah, I love Jason. Jason's fucking brilliant. Oh, I love him. He's brilliant. So all of that. And then I sat down with Bradley and then he offered me like four big gigs in Britain, uh, these big award ceremonies that he does. And just to put you in, in, him into who he is, he, uh, like, he was involved with the selling of phones for you, Gap, Sainsbury's. He's one of these dudes in, in Britain, big business head. And then the COVID kicked in and the gigs all, all, all died away. And at this time, one of my other tribe heads I got in was a guy called Brendan Morrissey. And Brendan is a tech head, entrepreneur tech head in Ireland. And he got, I got together with him and started up this app called iLaugh, like a comedy app. So that's running along. The gigs go off uh, and the corporate gig is gone with, with Bradley. But then Bradley, I then rang Bradley and asked him, would you like to invest in the eyelash thing? And then he did. He invested in it. And he put a load of money into it. And now we're going to be launching it now in about probably the start of December. And uh, yeah, and from that, the other investors come in. And the whole idea is that eyelash would be like a comedy, fun app. Would it be like Instagram, TikTok? It looks like that. Uh, but we're hoping it'll be like worldwide and like massive. And so that's all from just sticking my neck out there and just meeting Brad. So I'm not lucky. Did you see that? Yeah. Because people go, lucky I met Bradley at that gig. I'm not, though, because I would have went to bed. Yeah. But I didn't. I went down because the luck factor told me to try it, you know, go and try it out. And so loads of other books, loads of other mindfulness books I read. And like uh, Alan Watts. I, I go on about Alan Watts a lot and people go, oh, God, all right, Jason. For anybody listening, you should like there's, you can you can just listen. You can find Alan Watts anywhere. He's on there's there's there, you'd find him on Spotify as people have put put together his 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 chats, his talks into podcasts, and you can listen to them there. It's very interesting. It's excellent stuff. Sometimes I like to meditate while listening to Alan Watts talking. It, it's yeah, it's, crazy. It's, it's fascinating. It's, yeah, loads of other like like Pat Dibley is a great uh, coach. Uh, life coach I, I interviewed him and there's loads of people like that around but Alan Watts he's like the, he was a, like the last of the really good philosophers and anybody so you can put in depression or money or why is my mind wandering or uh, anxiety I mean he, there's something there for Alan Watts but Alan Watts is brilliant at uh, for someone like me uh, simplifying the situation very, very, very simple. And that's what I learned with mental health and therapy and everything is, is the oh yeah factor, I call it. It's like the oh yeah, you already know what they're trying to teach you in therapy. Like 
you know, um, the therapist I finally found, by the way, was brilliant. She was just absolutely, it suited me so well. Because I went in, you know, did a couple of sessions. And one of the sessions, she just looked at me after listening to me for a while. And she went, who the fuck do you think you are? She said to me, right? Brilliant <laughs> and question. Like, what? <laughs> and she went, and she's a lovely woman, very well-spoken, highly educated woman, lecturer in Trinity and everything. And she went, who the fuck do you think you are? And I went, I, well, I don't know. Because with my breakup, I was telling her, I was worried about my ex-wife. I was worried about my children. I was worried about, you know, me. I was worried about, um, you know, brothers and sisters, my mom, my dad. And she was just saying, well, you can't be worrying about everybody. Like, it's called omnipotent, she called it, which is godlike, trying to control everybody. And she went, stop doing that. And that's why I'm saying, who the fuck do you think you are about controlling other people's lives? I was like, oh shit, okay. So then from that, I calmed down a lot. I'd say 50% of my life, I calmed down. Wow. I calmed down worrying. I calmed down. My anxiety was cut in half, I'd say. Wow. A lot of my anxiety was worrying. Mm, you know? because i think i don't know where it comes from but like especially with and i mean i only know of, of my situation or men men in general it's control gets us in it gets us in trouble it's trying to control everything or feeling we're somehow in charge of everything or like that as you said who the fuck do you think you are like your wife would your wife will be you know even if you're married your wife will be fucking grand you know and actually yeah. she probably knows more than you do so calm the fuck down like she's actually probably in control of everything. And I, yeah, you know, once you realize that you're like, okay, cool. And, and your children even, cause you've two lads and I've, I've a 19, an 18 year old and a 12 year old. Like I do worry about them a lot, but you need to let yourself off the hook. Like they're going to fucking figure it out. And actually they're better off figuring out themselves. You're better off just letting, letting go a little bit. Stop trying to control it. You know, it's going to happen. What's going to happen is going to happen. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and, um catastrophizing is the only thing I'm really good at. So like if I, let's say if I'm late for something, I have everybody in that meeting, like all sweating, all going, where is he? Uh, people are starting to put their coats on. Somebody else has probably just left already. Uh, they're all just going, we can't move, we can't move forward out, Jason. And every time I arrive in those meetings or a pub or anything, nobody's missed me. They don't even know I'm fucking not there. <laughs> I come in and go, Oh, Jason, okay, yeah, just sit in there. And I'm going, no, 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 where's the big, where's the hoo-ha? Where's the fucking hoo-ha that matches my brain? And so that's where meditation came in as well, because that was another one of the things that, you know, that, and as you say, you you listen to Alan Watts. I've done that myself. There's a thing called chill steps or something, Alan Watts' chill steps, and they put music to his uh, his lectures. And you just lie back and listen away and, you know, and it's all about, he does a lot of Zen Buddhism, yeah. which is, uh, which is, which, and the great thing when I listen to him is he's very funny. Like, you know, he, and so I love when he's actually talking to somebody, Keith, and they're all listening really intently. And it turns out he's just telling a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, also, but also he's having a fag and drinking and, and drinking whiskey. Yeah, flagging the whiskey. Yeah, he died at 53 or something. I don't know. He sounds like he's about 160 years old. He died but, young, I think. Yeah, I think maybe the alcohol got him in the end. I couldn't recommend anybody better, though, like that you could just chill and listen. I mean, everybody that does psychotherapy and does 
therapy and everything are all have all studied elements. Every one of them have been connected to him. So he's brilliant. So yeah, so it's just about and like like I'm a member of this group called the Dublin Boys Club. And it's just a bunch of lads who meet up every now and then and we go for a walk. So we might go to Glendalock and just walk and, and just chat, right? You're not allowed to chat about the football. There's no banter. There's no, everything has to be, every conversation has to start with I or me, right? So you're all, you're just talking about yourself, you know? No, you're not allowed to bring cans. And uh, so it's just, just lads going for a walk. But anyway, so, so this web, this uh, website in America put up this thing, you know, it's kind of like, could, can you believe it, you know, or whatever. It's like, uh, but they put up this picture. Of, there's, a, there's a group in Dublin called the Dublin Boys Club who meet, a bunch of lads who meet every day to talk about toxic masculinity, blah, 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 blah. And they put it up as a sort of, you know, this is fucking great, you know, this is, this is a great thing to see happening. And you want to see the amount of comments from Yang, mostly Yanks, but Brits as well, you know, fucking pussies. Uh, I th- no. Yeah, I th- there's a word for that. I think it's called gay uh, oh yeah, I know the name for them. That's they're they're actually called the girl guides, and all these men. Uh, well, I question the word men. Who are I? Re- I reckon they're young young fellas. Just well, possibly, to- possibly. But like one of this thing, this the the thing that stood out for me, and this is something that you'll be aware of. But one guy said, "Oh, this is more of the pussification of man," be- because. Men like to believe when me and you, or when I or you or someone like you t- start talking like this, is it's fear or whatever it is. They're like, ah, fucking sh- shut the fuck up, these faggots talking about feelings and meditation yeah. and fucking listening to fucking philosophy. I've fucking, I've a, jo- I've a real job. It, it, you know, it's like it's a it, culture. It's the yeah, culture. Totally. You're not, you're just not don't familiar. don't let don't allow yourself to think outside the box. Like you're I tell you the way you are now. You're you're you like the football at the weekends, a few pints on a Friday, a few pints on a Saturday, go to the gal on a Sunday. That's your job. These are the clothes you wear, this is the house you live in, and that's the way you are until you die. So you're grand. And yeah. I suppose what I'm always trying to say to people is like you've another hopefully you've another fucking 30 40 years left like there's loads of shit you could be doing like why 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 stop now you know or why decide that you you, you know who you are already you know they're, yeah society has them like that and their workmates have them like that and it's like you know it's like it's an abc thing but hopefully now with like what you're doing and what i'm doing and everything and like if is it'll open it up now to it's for it to be okay for men to talk and um go out for a walk with each other in a group because like sure women have been doing that for years you know and the other thing is as well i mean you know what do you do like do you go to japan or whatever and you see them there doing their exercises in the morning or china or whatever and what you go look to them all and go you're fucking spaz <laughs> it's like the irish we have the thing in us but there's but, somebody but there's something different like that it's, we just want to attack but it's a construct. It's not real. Like it's only like, and I, I know I'm just talking like this sort of layman philosopher, like with my own fucking takes and you know ideas. But like we weren't Irish men. weren't We weren't like this. We were not like you know. People say that we actually originally came from Africa, and we're not actually we're not actually part of Europe at all. And we're we're we we yeah. we have you know we would have taken mushrooms and fucking danced around the field and talked to each other. And try to communicate with the other side and the other world, and like we were, we were, 
we were spiritual people like we were into the spirits and into talking about our love and talking about uh, our you know what's going on in our heads like it's only recently that that i suppose an industrial age thing that we became fucking hamstrung into this belief that we that we need to stop talking yeah well i mean there's there's a, there's a saying that says um a man who believes he knows everything knows nothing do you know what i mean so there's so many of them around that would be going, you don't need to meditate, you don't need to be known. But they, they've, I mean, one thing I've never done in my whole career, my whole life, is I've never knocked anything till I've tried it, uh, or I've never knocked a human till I've met them. You know, a good example was we had Ronan Keaton do an anonymous first, whatever. And somebody said to me, he's a fucking dickhead. And I went, I went, do you know Ronan? What? Well, yeah, he's on the telly and all these things. I went, no, 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 no. Have you ever met him? And they're going, no. I said, well, how do you know he's a dickhead? Oh, could you fucking is, you know? And I met him, and he was a lovely man. He was great crack. Lovely, and did everything that we asked him to do, and no moaning, no. Do you know what I mean? So from, you know, I've learned in my career, and even if they're not famous, anybody, I don't take it, take it on board until I meet them. But yes, and I don't diss it until I try it. So anybody who says you can't be walking around a group as men, you should try it yourself. You'll probably enjoy it. Uh, meditations for hippie dippy shits. You know, you should try it. One thing I found from meditation, if you want to hear this, you get off your fucking banger for free. <laughs> right? So <laughs> no alcohol or drugs needed. You start flying around the room. Like, you know, like when you start holding your breath and doing all these amazing things. And then you come out of it like you've had like the best sleep ever. Like you feel fantastic, you know? Yeah. Like exercise, no, I'll go running and people go, oh, running's fucking boring, right? And yeah, okay, maybe it is, but I bet you'll find something you like, like, like playing football or rowing or doing something, you know what I mean? Or walking the dog or just get moving. I mean, we did an episode with a, a neuroscientist and I, okay, and then, you know, my what ifs kicked in and went, oh my God, I wish I'd studied that in college. Yeah. What a subject. So is um. Paul Moore is his name, and he's a he's, he's he, he works in Trinity, and he works under the umbrella of psychiatry, and that's a great. We had to do two episodes with him because it was so interesting. So he basically tells you why your brain is doing what it's doing, like you know why you're sad, why you're happy, like when when you'll be happy, like the, so. Basically, I mean, it all came down to the last sentence that he said was yoga, meditation exercise and no processed food is what will help you be happier do you know what i mean now if you're clinically depressed he said that's a part that sorry that's that's a whole different thing that's a, a that's like you know the worst thing in the world being clinically depressed that's not the same thing it's something like me or you i mean i don't have i've never had depression i've always said that i what happened to me i reckon was mental fatigue where I was just gigging, my marriage was breaking down, didn't know where it was living, my money was gone. Now here's the other thing, go, and it was just my brain was going to tink, 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 and it just overspilled. I couldn't handle it. And that's what my parents said to me, actually. She said, when you come here, uh, I'm, if you imagine you're a jug and I'm the bowl, and you just overflow into, my, into me. So don't worry, you just let, you come here to completely let it all flow out of you. And that's the other thing when people are dissing therapy because they've never been. And like, I've got mates of mine that they went to the therapy and I know for sure it would help them. And they would have a total different outlook on life. 
it's almost like they don't want to have another outlook in life or they don't like the life they're in or they're not happy in their skin or they're trying to deflect who they are. There's a lot of, uh, there's, we have, we, as people, we have a list of reasons why not to try therapy. And a lot of the time it's fear of losing what you have, even though what you have is shit. Or even though you're not enjoy, even though you're not enjoying life, you're still afraid. Like I, I spoke about it before, but like there, there's there's a common thing with men, especially. What if I go to therapy and the therapy therapist, or I discover that I'm actually a gay man, and like there's, 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 these are you know the way we fucking like you talk about you know what what's going on in your head when you're late for a meeting and you're imagining everyone freaking out. Like there's there's things in people's heads that they go. Well, I can't go to therapy. Like, what if, it, you know, what if it turns out I'm gay and I have to leave my wife and my family and I have to live on my own in a flat or, you know, they take it. They're, yeah, and it's genuine. Just to say, you're going to have a fairly good idea if you're gay and you need to leave your family and everything. I don't think that's going to be a surprise if you go to therapy. No, but it's <laughs> but like, no, it's the fact. I won't like football anymore. I'll probably stop fucking drinking. <laughs> I, what if I, but what if you stop drinking, right? What if what if you go to therapy and you end up not drinking anymore and you don't see the mates that you used to see down the pub? What the fuck then? Like what happened? Like it's it's all these yeah. things. Like I okay, it's shit and I'm upset and I'm depressed and but I'm happy on a Friday when I when I'm two pints in and I'm with the lads and I, if I have to give all that up, like we're, we cling on to these things that aren't making us happy. Like yeah. it's it's strange. I, with therapy, I found it was up like. Uh, my therapist just laid my whole life out for me out on the table, which was, and, you know, explained it to me much easier. And so I could pick and choose what I wanted to do. I wasn't, I, I still drink. I didn't have to give up drink. I mean, I was never an alcoholic anyway. And, and in fact, uh, Barry Murphy, who we all know very well, sat in a pub with me once and went, you were absolutely shit at drinking. Because <laughs> I talk too much. So that's what happened to me. But, um, and the, thing that happened to me was yeah i was wondering what i, I was like that. i was wondering what was going to happen i wasn't mm-hmm. afraid of it but it's like what what happened it's like it's you're afraid of the unknown until you that's a human nature that's everything do you know what i mean do you know what i mean like you'll get on a roller coaster but you won't go to therapy like what the fuck go to therapy and see <laughs> it mightn't be for you but one thing i i went to therapy and sat down and i said i said um in my brain and in my soul, I thought she was going to fix all my problems. But that's a major, that's a big thing. A lot of people go to therapy, think, okay, I'll, I'll, everything will be, uh, she's going to help me fix all my problems. But the first thing she said was, I'm not going to help you at all. Like that. I'm going to teach you how to sit in your own shit. <laughs> Which was a brilliant phrase. Yeah. So she said, I can't, fix any of your problems like that but i can fix the way you think about them and how you can manage them and that's what we call sitting in your own shit right and just accepting the shit and she used to say lovely thing you know tip your hat at the shit now and again you know don't go oh my god my marriage just broke down what am i going to do oh jesus christ oh my god help me help me you know she says calm down tip your hat at it and go yes your marriage is broke down that's happened that's in front of you now let's see what we can do to help you, you know, be less anxious about it. And but it's not going away, you know. She hasn't got a magic wand. So I found that amazing. I do feel like I should say at this point, just in case anyone's listening and thought I meant that I was saying being finding out you're gay is a bad thing or whatever. I was just using it as an example. Like 
like the worry that I would have had genuinely is what if like I love my wife, right? But what if I went to therapy and the therapist told me, actually, you don't love your wife and she's the problem and you need to leave her. And I'd be like, what? But but I like this. I don't. Anyway, but it's just these irrational fears that you have about going to therapy, which is absolutely ridiculous. And it's not it's you, 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 you make the changes, as you said, you pick and choose what you want from your life. The only thing I wanted to ask you about was picking your tribe. Like the one thing I was like, I was like, I don't I'm going to have to I don't have any friends. I got to an age where I was like, I was like, shit, I forgot to I forgot to make friends. I forgot to hold on to the ones I had. That's a tough one for men. Yeah, I mean, I have my old friends that live up beside my mom. Um, I only have one or two of them, really, you know, but I see them all the time. I mean, I've seen them all the time, but sorry. I'm, I'm always their friend, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I can know my mate, Carl, um, who I've known since I was born. And um, I could bring him out like maybe two or three months. But he'll yeah. go, oh, I have it. Hey, hey, I couldn't see it. And PJ, you know, really good friend. But... Uh, you see family life and children you get into a routine it's very hard to see your friends um unless they're living near you or on the same road or the same school run that that's what i felt uh, for me as well with my older mates that my family life took over and then my career of course was moving away all the time but if you look and have a think you do have lots of friends you know what i mean like I, I, I know you a long time. I consider you a friend. I, I love talking to you and meeting up with you, and like and that right, you little prick. And I have a friend. And Bernard, Bernard, who I hadn't seen for a long time, you know, he turned up at my dad's funeral. You know what I mean? And he just started talking away normal and everything like that. You know, and then I have like when I go to Australia, I have all my the people I know in Australia, but I don't see them for nearly a whole year. There isn't. It's how you, I suppose, uh, what you think a friend is, you know. I think a lot of people think a friend is to see them every day and hang out with you. But there's only a handful of people who can do that way, you know. And, you, and generally that's your wife, I suppose. But I think, yeah. I, I, think, I think a lot of men forget, forget to, I think uh, the one thing I realized in therapy is I need to make sure that I check in with, people I call friends a bit more often because that's important as well. Do do that though, you know, but men are just not wired like the women where women are just like, my wife was brilliant. She was just, she just knew when to ring and ring someone. Oh, she's better ring back. Oh my God. And see, I don't like the fucking phone. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to ring up me mate and have a chat for an hour on the phone with him. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd rather meet him, you know, actually what me and Carl did the last time I went to meet him a volunteer. We went and we walked around the whole house and say, like, you know, looking where we used to hang out and have our cans. And oh my God, do you remember that's where we used to uh, get the cigarettes and smoke them in that bush and all. And great crack doing that. You know what I mean? And we much prefer that. But yeah, you, you know, drop them an old line now and again, just go, how are you? No harm in that. You know, do you, but. Do you worry about, uh, you know, the way you talk now about mental health and therapy? Do you worry about that affecting? your audiences in Ireland, like the, the type of people that might come to your gigs or what, what do, you, do you think about that at all? Well, you mean a room for the straight jackets? <laughs> no, but like that people might be put on, like, oh, I fucking uh, sure. Jason Byrne used to be great crack. Jason Byrne used to be great crack. Now he's fucking, uh, now he's talking about fucking meditation. I'm not going well, to. Here's a great thing. I haven't changed at all. That's the whole thing. I've just gathered more knowledge about all of that area. And I've just learned how to manage myself. 
uh, without it affecting my career. You know, I still go on stage and I still gig the way I always gigged. Uh, I'm just not as anxious anymore. You know, so when people meet me in the street, actually, or anywhere, they go, oh, you're not as, uh, you're not as mad as mad as we thought you'd be. I'm going, well, what do you want to be doing? Like jumping around Grafton Street talking to you, you know? But no, it, it never crossed my mind because if anything, Keith, um, uh, I, I started to realise that gigging is brilliant for mental health. And the more I spoke about mental health on things like this and going to therapy and doing Mind Your Loaf, I found that my audience uh, were really appreciating that, you know, because I was helping them. And then going, so they'll go to the gigs, but they're not going to the gigs to listen to me talk about mental health because I don't do that in the gig. You know what I mean? I do whatever. I do the stand-up and the fun and everything. But um, but online, on Facebook and everything like that, I get so many messages from them saying, oh, you know, thanks. They say, like, thanks a million for, you know, talking about mental health and stuff like that. But I don't I do not do it for praise, you know, because, yeah. Um, yeah, you but- know, Alan Watts will, will always say that I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Alan Watts. What does he know? Yeah. Well, but, I said that to him. Says, you can stick your fucking Zen Buddhist over at Tibetan hook. But it's like, and also the only time we got to see Jason Byrne was if we went to see him in a gig or if we went, if, we, if he came up, if he turned up on the Late Late Show or, you know, any of the TV shows he did, but anonymous or whatever. And, and, in those situations you're turned on, you know, you're, you're, you're performing, you're, you're the funny man, you know? So it's nice. Uh, and anytime, I suppose, like, I, I think you've always felt there was an expectation, even in public, even just when you weren't on the stage to kind of like, I better make these people laugh. And it's a common thing amongst comedians and, and, and any entertainers. I better, I better be on all the time. So it's nice that you're, that people, I, I'd imagine it's nice for people to see Jason Byrne just being, just chatting about, you know, things that he's interested in, you know? Yeah, people like to know that you're real as well, you know? They like, and I, I mean, the reaction I get, yeah, a lot is go, oh, I didn't know, I didn't know you liked that, or I didn't know he talked, spoke about that, or, you know? So it's nice for them to know there's lots of other feathers in the bow, you know? That, that That's good. I think but people I think, find it reassuring. And I, th- I also think it's, I think it's really great. I mean, I, the more people that are talking about therapy, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And especially the, the crowds you get at your gigs and like, you know, so, the, so it's a, it's a quick win. It's, you know, if Jason starts talking about it, you know, more people are going to hear about it quicker, you know, so it's all good. It's good for us as, as a country, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I do the, uh, so while I was saying like during this lockdown and everything, I was just advising people to, you know, try and keep busy because that's what I've been doing. Because I had no gigs, I started doing these gigs in the toilet here. And then I started getting like a couple of corporate gigs on the Zoom calls. No, 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 no fucking money change and big thing or anything. Just keep me busy, yeah. you know? And I think that's very important for everybody out there. Let's say you have lost your job or you haven't got a job or, you know, or you're just feeling a bit lonely or you, you keep yourself busy. And then people say, but how do I keep myself busy if I... Like you, you're doing your funny sketches online or whatever to keep yourself busy. But I'm also uh, like meditating and training at home here. Like I go, get, there's a girl called Irma Fitness and she's brilliant. And she does a thing on, on Instagram and you can follow her. She's like a Mai Tai boxer or something. And her diets are amazing. And her, 
you look at her uh, training sessions. She, she does all, all for free. She's so good. Like I, don't, I mean, she's mad to be doing it. She's so good. And you just follow what she does. And it's, it's, it's a killer now. It looks easy. But she's moving real slowly with her body and lifting everything. And, like, and then afterwards, you're like, yes. So I do, that keeps me busy. And then, um, like, the eye laugh thing I'm working on, you know, the podcast thing, that, you know, that's keeping me busy as well. Uh, and, but, but there's always something. You can, you can keep yourself busy somehow. Like, do a, do a little routine thing every day. Like, say, yeah. okay, I'm getting up at half seven, getting up at eight o'clock, and then I'm going to have my breakfast. Then I'm going to do a little bit of exercise maybe in the house, and uh, maybe I'll do a bit of meditation. Then I'll go out for a walk. You know, you know, all these things are routine. It doesn't really matter. You know, I don't mind as long as I'm on the move somehow or I'm yeah. doing something. But I have met people who go, you know, well, I'd rather just sit and just read a book. And that, well, then that's that's still a routine. Yeah, because you know? if you're not if you're not unhappy with what you're doing, there's not a problem. You know, it's not a problem. It's all it's all good. It's only if you're feeling like you're what you're doing is is making you feel sad. That's where you need to, you need to change something. Yeah, and a bit careful now. And like, we all love the booze, right? And I, I love an old boozer, right? But you know, the, I've met mates of mine that are like, you know, just they're so down because of the lockdown and everything and everything. And, but they're boozing heavy at home. Yeah. And alcohol is a depressant. And like, there's going to be people going, oh, fuck off. You know what I mean? But just don't drink tons of it. It's so, I mean, that's again in therapy and in, in, in all the philosophy and everything. It's obvious that it's not, it's making you sad, you know, but just, just, just people just really won't take that on. They're like, oh, well, we're trying one more, right? I'm grand, it can't be the booze, but it is, it definitely is. If you're like booze, like a mad thing at home, try not to do that. Maybe have that on a Friday, have your mm. Friday night or something, you know, span, span it out. And your diet, as I said, because that neuroscience scientist, uh, Paul Moore, just said the diet and the alcohol. They just release different chemicals into your body. I mean, that's what's happening all the time with your brain, with the neuroscience, is it's releasing all these chemicals into you, you know, into, from your brain into you, depending on what you're doing. Do you know? So it's just like, it's so simple. So that cortisone hormone gets released in, you know, and, you know, too much or too little, all depending on your diet, you know. But, the, but your body absolutely loves to be moving. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And then there's, there's also yoga online for people who have injuries or Pilates. And like I'm 48, I can't train like I used to. I can't go in like, like you know, ball bust and train. I have to move around pretty slowly in myself, you know? So, but it's really, I feel amazing, you know? I feel really good right now, you know, with, with everything that I've, at the point I'm at now. I've no big gigs. Yeah. But my mental health, I've kept it stable by keeping myself busy with all this shit. You know, it's like somebody was asking me recently. Actually, I, I don't know if you've. Have you, are you are you tied for time, Jason? Yeah, I've a gig in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but somebody somebody asked me if I was uh, if I was happy, and I said, well, I feel content, you know, which is different. You know, like I'm not looking for happiness. I'm not looking for just you know laughing all the time. But I just feel really content in my own skin and my own body where i'm at who the house i'm living in the people i'm hanging around with you know it's i just feel content and i think content is a better word than happiness it's like your um, what they call weight i've never heard that phrase so they use, use that a lot in the zen buddhist heads they say 
that when you're awake is when you're content. And then people go, what's that mean? It just means that you're very aware of your surroundings, that you know that your family's there, your wife's there, and this happens on this day, and that's there. And you're just more aware of everything. Because I don't, I don't know if that happened to you, but when I was gigging like nuts and everything, I had this kind of tunnel vision. Uh, almost like, you know, I literally didn't know anything else that was around me. I had to gig, 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 get the gig, get the gig, go and do the gig, get on to the next gig, travel, 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 travel. I really fucking didn't know what was happening, you know? Is and then, and now, because of all the different elements that I've chosen to uh, do, I'm definitely more aware of everything else. Did you at any stage think you were going mad? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I toss. Um, it's like, it's really weird. It's like everything was in black and white. I could see, I thought I was looking at everything in black and white. And, um, you know, slight panic attacks. I was getting like bits of that. Uh, I didn't sleep for, oh my God, months. Couldn't sleep at all. Like I was in the middle of the night, just waking up with loads of anxiety in my chest, just shooting upwards. I'm just going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Again, that worry about everybody else, about me. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So I thought I was going absolutely nuts. And that's why you need therapy. Therapy is like, and as well as that, therapy is good because it's not your mates talking to you. That yeah. thing that you were, you know what I mean? When you say to a bloke, you need, you need to meditate. They'll go, ah, sure up. But if you go to a professional and then they start kind of, you know, advising you what to do, then that works. But that works way better. So I thought for me, therapy was the first step that helped. And that just went on to, you know, the exercise, the meditation, the diet, the diddle, the diddle, you know. And now everything's really good. Like, you know, my ex-wife is up in the house. She's she's great. My, my children are really happy. There's no problem there. We see them all the time. And, and it's all just slotted back in again. Because I didn't lose the plot. I started to manage everything, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's like, unfortunate. And what I I kind of leave it on this, but like, you don't need to have hit rock bottom. I mean, you can you can be heading for rock oh. bottom, but if you can if you can if you can head it off at the pass and get a bit of therapy before you hit rock bottom, you don't need to be fucking not able to get out of the bed. And that's a different conversation for a different day. But you can just decide, you know, I'm not happy with the way things are. I, I'm going to go and talk to somebody. You don't have to hit rock bottom, you know. That's the that's the important thing. And they say it's okay to be selfish. You know, that's fine. You know, you know. I, I was my therapist said that a lot. She said, "Don't worry, it's okay. Be selfish. You know, look after yourself. Do that." You know? I, pre I appreciate you coming on the podcast because you could have said no because you don't say yes to people anymore. Do you know what I mean? No, I've been saying no to a few things. And God, it's great crack. Should try it. Everybody try it today. You know. <laughs> Now, mind you, you won't be invited to a lot of shit right now. <laughs> That's okay. It's the perfect time. There's going to be four people there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds perfect to me. Listen, man, thanks a million. And uh, good to talk to you and good to hear you so well. And uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. And we'll talk again. And and we're definitely we're definitely friends now. Because I, I have... I'm going to go on one of those walks with you. Oh, definitely. yes. Yes. Let me go on the walks because I've written children's books. Oh, yeah, God, God, people need to get online and buy that, my new yes. children's book. Because uh, Onion O'Brien, it's the, uh, the Accidental Adventures of Onion O'Brien. And I'll what? read the book as we walk along. That'll be nice. I'll give, the, then, I'll give that a big plug in the intro and the outro. So, yeah, go on. We yeah. go on one of the walks. 
Yeah, and then we can listen to Mind Your Love, which is also a podcast I do for for porn to me that I listen to that. And then what I've done, uh, which is kind of I pulled this out of thin air. I found a recording of Vicker Street in 2016. I got like mates of mine with really good cameras just to come in and record it. And now what I've done, and this is why it's like, you know, I, as I try and just get work out of nothing, I'm, we're editing it and we're going to put on a USB stick and also as a download as a Christmas present. And we're throwing in like T-shirts and all sorts. So um, we haven't come up with a title yet. It's probably going to be called Jason Byrne, The Lost Tapes. Oh, very good. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Jason Byrne needs money. Needs money, yeah. Kailash and Arigat. Call will. Call will. the Arigat. That was Jason Byrne, and he kept talking, and uh, he reminded me to mention the I Laugh app and the Vicar Street 2016 USB, the lost tapes that will be available to watch soon. And the Mind Your Love podcast. So all those things, remember, uh, because uh, Jason was good enough to give up his time to talk to me. And uh, and I suppose he has to get something out of it. Do you know what I mean? That's the point of it all. Uh, so thank you very much, Jason Byrne. I really enjoyed talking to him in that way because he's Jason's a bit of a messer and he likes having the crack. And he is always, Jason's generally always on, as he was during the during that chat but like he's always on being funny telling stories or whatever and it was just nice for him to just talk about the struggles um, and in a funny way a funny entertaining way so thank you very much Jason Byrne eternally grateful uh, I actually when I worked with Bernard we did we got on stage with him during one of his Vicker Street gigs oh, I wonder what was it two th- it was early tw- maybe 2011 maybe 2010, 2011. And he asked if we wanted to do something with him. So we got on stage and we sang this song that we'd written about Jedward. Something about, it was a song. Jedward were huge at the time, so we wrote a song. I wish it could be just like John and Edward. And, uh, oh, Jedward. I must try and send that to them at some stage. But uh, so we got up and sang that song in front of a very bemused uh Vicker Street crowd and I think we sang uh, Ginger Christmas as well which is a song that we can't really talk about anymore because uh, even though Bernard is ginger people sort of got offended by uh, it and I could possibly understand why but um, it was Bernard talking about it's like being ginger at Christmas and uh, it was actually quite funny um, the the <laughs> the one we wrote subsequently a few years later when we worked together at 2FM this is myself and Bernard O'Shea not Jason Byrne was a uh, Stand Up For The Baby Jesus, which was, if I may say so, a work of genius. Anyway, that's Jason Byrne. And uh, as I said, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. I won't keep you much longer. I don't have much to say. I've got to crack on and get the other podcast up. Charlie is here sitting sitting at my feet, being as good as gold. Uh, Aren't you, Charlie? Yep. He started licking the air. I don't know why he's licking. Anybody know why a dog might lick at the air? Yeah. Also, don't forget if you're an OG and if you're listening to this and have been listening to this in 2020 before it blows up, uh, email me keithwalsh.walsh at gmail.com or keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Email me, say, Keith, yo, I'm an OG, one of the original crew, and we'll do something nice for the, I'll make a list and we'll do something nice for the OGs. Because this, this podcast about to blow up. That's what they say, don't they?
They, that's what the kids say. And they say things like perf. They don't finish words. They just say perf. Because kids these days are too busy. Um, they don't got time for saying full words like perfect. When perf will do. I get it. You know. They got places to be. They got bidding it. Anyway, everything's perf. So there you go. Uh, I just need to <laughs> just need to say goodbye. Uh, listen, mind yourselves, mind how you go. Don't forget to listen to the other podcast. Don't forget to rate it. I think you can only give a five star rating. I think that's the way it works. The other ratings are broken now at the moment. I'll let you know when they're fixed. Uh, do review it. So a written review would be nice. Even a few lines, a few words. Thank you very much. Just before, as an OG, do it before it blows up, and you can say, "Yeah, I was listening to that, and I was commenting on that and rating that years ago." Um. Jerry, what are you doing? He's crawling under me and sneezing. Uh, that's his thing. Charlie loves crawling under people and sneezing. Uh, yeah, so rate, review, uh, tell your friends and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. And I'll see you on the other side. I've got to go put up the other podcast, the other Monday Night Podcast. Good luck. Take care. Goodbye. I love you all, but in a podcast way. Do you know what I mean? You get me? It's not in a weird way. Don't go telling people. Don't cancel me. Don't you dare. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.